career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 40 Plus Real Man Real Talk. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and I've got a special edition today. I have found my sister in arms, my sister from another mother, who does a similar podcast called 40 Thrive, just for women, and we have teamed up with a list of questions, three pretty cool questions that we asked each of our respective audiences to weigh in on about how guys see things and how women see things, and that's what you're about to listen to, so stay tuned, and here we go into the show. Rick Clemens, welcome to the 40 Thrive Podcast. Hey, and Jackie, welcome to the 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk Podcast. I know we just confused our listeners big time, didn't we? I am actually kind of excited that they're confused. <laughs> I am too, because we're doing something that we discovered each other through a mutual acquaintance online. Isn't that interesting how we connect these days through all these online worlds? And then lo and behold, you and I are kind of doing the same thing just with the opposite sexes. So um, it's really kind of cool that I've got this podcast for guys and you've got it for ladies and we're both talking to people over 40. So it's fantastic. And you know, I think that there are so many universal issues that men and women go through. So I was excited to do this, but I have to tell you something that I discovered after the first time we talked, you were on the Ricky Lake show back in 2013. Yes. I worked there. Oh, did you really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, here again, the world starts to collide. So, isn't that funny? Because that you were is. talking about being the coming out coach, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. that sounds really familiar. And so, I uh-huh. started to do a little digging, and I'm like, of course, he was on the Ricky Lake show when I worked there. Well, hey, if you can ever find the tapes of that show, I would be forever <laughs> grateful because nobody seems to have them. But that's no, I don't really care anymore. I mean, that was a lot of fun, it was a cool yeah. experience, but um, oh wow, that is crazy, isn't that funny? So yeah. So you and I did something really interesting. We took three questions, three identical yep. questions, and we at, polled our um, own communities to get yep. answers for those questions. So mm-hmm. I am very, very excited for this episode. <laughs> Me too. And I found it so interesting because I posted it in lots of different places within my community. So I went you know, straight to you know, my podcast community. And then I went to my Facebook community for that same podcast. And then I did some stuff like in my Facebook groups and then in my Instagram groups. And um, so it's just, it's really cool. It's really cool to see what is happening here and then to see what we're going to reveal. Because you and I have not had this conversation about what did you hear, what did you hear? So this, folks, this is raw, this is real, this is happening right now. So, um, Absolutely. Did you find, I know with the women, they were like, oh, thank you for asking me these things. I am all about it. Did you find that the men were equally as forthcoming with their answers? Some were. And some the ones that like I immediately, as soon as I posted and I got a response back, they're my guys who always like immediately respond. And then the ones that kind of trickled in later, I'm like, okay, I could tell. And I actually had a couple of guys I have no idea who they are, which was kind of cool. Um, so those responses were interesting because it's like, okay, I'm going to say something. So yeah, a little bit forthcoming and a little bit of holdback. What about you? Um, they were, they were all about it. <laughs> so, yeah, cool. 
That's awesome. And what a surprise that this is what we find men will hold back and women were like, okay, let's go. Come on, girl, let's get this done. So, well, exactly. Because I think that, you know, I'm not a man over 40, but I can imagine it being difficult for a man over 40 to go, hey, here's my group. Here's my community. I want to share and grow and all the things that I find my 40 Thrive listeners and, and community to be forthcoming. We don't really give guys that same space often. Yeah, I yeah. love that you're doing this because it provides a space that maybe they wouldn't naturally have. Yeah. And that's why I did it. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting being the coming out coach since that got brought up. One of the things I've realized is this is a bigger conversation than just sexuality. It's like, well, who's coming out about, you know, wanting to leave a job? Who's coming out about, I really don't want to be pursuing this business any longer, that I own a business and I don't want to be there. Or I don't want to be in this relationship. And guess what? It has nothing to do with my sexuality. And so we all have these coming out stories. But for men... <laughs> I find it's like pulling teeth to get them to come out about the crap that's bugging them, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm excited that this has launched and I'm starting to see the traction and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Cause guys are opening up and talking about stuff. So, and, and some of these answers will reveal this. So, um, absolutely. But I think it's really, um, it's really important work because, I think as women, we've ever since I was in my teens and twenties, it's like I have my girlfriends, I have my girls, and and we can talk about anything, and we can right. go through life really, really difficult and really exciting life changes and be there for each other. But I've never seen really that space for men where it's like mm -mm. you're aging out, you know, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you're not satisfied. You're you know, there's a lot of suck it up or. Yep you know, take action and, and be a man and beat your chest. And there's not this like, whoa, this is scary. And, and I'm starting to feel like maybe I'm not as viable or I'm not Absolutely. as relevant. And the more we can talk about it, especially a lot of the women in my community live with men. Yes. And if that mm -hmm. man is not open or, or even if we're not providing a safe space for them to be open, it's yep. really difficult to have a deeper connection with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of interesting for me, Jackie, coming from that space that I did um, as a coming out coach, and I'm saying coming from, I'm still there, but um, <clears throat> it's given me a little bit of a gift to get guys to open up because I help guys do one of the most difficult things they would ever do. And especially the guys that I work with, which are typically older, later in life, many of them have been married, many of them have kids, and they finally make this big decision. Well, that is one of the most vulnerable, scary, okay, I'm dropping the facade, I'm, I'm dropping my drawers and letting everything out that this is where I've been. And I've noticed that when I can hold space for men, regardless of sexuality, there's this interesting thing that starts to happen because they suddenly feel safe. They have actually said to me, I don't have any place else I can do this sort of stuff with. And it's almost like you can see the little boy show up again. It's like, okay, it's okay to say I'm scared. It's okay to say I really want to cry or it's okay to say I'm frustrated, but I want to say I'm frustrated and not be an angry asshole about it. And um, so I think this is beautiful. I'm so excited to you know dive in here and start going, okay, well, here we go. Here's the question. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue. So let's start with the question. We, we both asked, what is something you no longer care about when you, that you did care about when you were younger? Mm -hmm. What kind of mm -hmm. answers did you get? 
Oh, I got a consistent one was I don't care about other people's opinions. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't care what other people think of me. So that was kind of re a resounding theme. Um, people pleasing. So those all kind of went together. I thought, well, yeah, I get that because I, I don't really care what you think of me anymore. You know, I mean, yes, there's certain places I do, as I say that I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. I just kind of had one of those moments this morning, but for the most part, I don't. And I found that interesting to be hearing that from guys because I think to some degree, they actually probably do care more about it than they like to let on because, okay, I got to, you know, I got to stay in my job. I got to be the leader. So you, there's those things that we care about. But um, yeah, so that was definitely one of them. What about you? Definitely approval. And, um, you know, I, I love the theme of giving fewer Fs. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but approval and opinions of others. But also, um, I got a lot of appearance mm. that mm -hmm. the women aren't as hung up on their appearance, what they're wearing, wearing makeup, right. you know, just kind of how they're presenting themselves. Mm -hmm. And a I lot got, of stuff. They don't care yes. about stuff. Yes. So that's interesting because that came up in mine. And I'm like, and I, the guy that said that, I'm like, okay, I get that which is kind of interesting because he works in retail. I'm like, okay, so I'm sure you're really over it. You're like, you know, uh, and then one guy did bring up uh, the fashion piece and it was surprise, surprise. It was not a gay guy. So I'm like, Oh, that's, that's kind of interesting in one way, but then it kind of surprised me knowing this guy. Um, and now that I know who he is, I'm like, yeah, that really fits for who you are. I think a lot of guys don't care about stuff and I don't think they really care about what, you know, how they look sometimes to their own detriment, but, um, <laughs> okay. I love you guys. Yeah. I'm just saying, just saying guys, That's you know, please don't go shorts. Come yes, out, exactly. Right? Please <laughs> don't wear the long socks up halfway up your ankle in the gym. I, that's like my pet peeve, you know, get some of those hide socks and okay. So I just kind of really went off on my guys. Anyway. Well, that, it, the funny th thing though, is like, I have a 12 and a half year old who looks like what a 75 year old man would have looked like, like with the shorts and the black socks. And, oh, uh -huh. you know, and I'm like, is this really the thing now? <laughs> so, well, it is kind of the thing. So that's kind of interesting too. It's generational. I've noticed a lot of younger guys at the gym. They're like, yeah, they, they kind of wear those longer socks and they're always black socks for the most part. And I'm like, okay, I get this. So I had to go, you know, I had to go check in with my, my daughters to go, okay, is this a young guy sort of thing? Oh yeah. That's kind of really hip. I'm like, okay, just because <laughs> you know, that's dad's gay. So that's like a real fashion faux pas for me. But you know, hey. uh, another one that was interesting was, um, and this, I think it's timely because this episode is playing right here, you know, around the holidays. Mm -hmm. One of my guys said, the holiday fuss and the stress and the expectations. He goes, I just, I, I don't care about it. And I thought, uh-huh, he's my guy. Because <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, okay, I do it. But now I think it'll change. And I'm not, you know, universe, I'm not saying I want this anytime soon. I think that might change once I have the little grandkids. But um yeah, holiday fuss and stuff. I'm just like, whatever, you know? Um, yeah. It's I just think, not worth it. I think my community is more aligned with what they actually want. So if you want the holiday fuss and exactly. it makes you happy, go do it. But like, I believe yeah. that holiday stress is created. Not, Absolutely. Not, you don't actually have to subscribe to it. You don't have to say yes to every party. You don't have to, mm -hmm. you know, decorate your house just because the guy across the street has that string that goes all the way to your house. Like, doesn't, right, exactly. you know, you're not obligated to satisfy their need of the Griswold Christmas, you know? <clears throat> right. But I Speaking think- Speaking of needs, here's one that popped up that was okay. interesting. And only one person said that, but I thought, wow, that's something I would have 
I wouldn't have put it in my list, but it's something I do try to work towards. He said the need to be right all the time. He just doesn't care about it anymore. I have one of those too. Yes. And it was one that would not have shown. I mean, I try not to be that, but I'm kind of, well, I'm a Leo. So hello, there we go. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really, I thought that was really open and vulnerable. And yes. um, I thought it was really good. Yes. This one woman said being right. I'm much more fluid and open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, the, yeah. and, and understanding that not everything is so black and white and that yeah. not everybody has to see things the way you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I think the only other one, okay. So this one didn't surprise me. Um, but the way he stated it, I thought was beautiful. And he, so remember folks, the question was, what is it that you don't care about anymore that you used to? Mm-hmm. And his answer was caring about the illusion of being straight. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to put it because he saw in himself, he cared so much about this illusion of showing up as a straight man. And I do know this guy because he's one of my clients. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was probably one of the most eloquent ways to say, I don't want to live in, a, in an illusion of a life any longer. And right. I don't really care to. And knowing this person that I know that is kind of his philosophy, I have no desire to live in illusion in any aspect of my life any longer. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's sexuality or hiding a part of you that is so important to you that you feel won't be accepted. Right. I think this is such a time of walking into your own, you know, Mm -hmm. truth and journey and light. And it's such an amazing time for our you know, our communities. Absolutely. Of course, I want to live in the illusion that I look like Chris Hemsworth, but you know, hey, that's my own stuff. So there we go. <laughs> well, you know, you did see the most recent uh, Avengers. So even Chris yeah. Hemsworth didn't look like Chris Hemsworth. So. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so in some ways, all men can look like Chris yeah, Hemsworth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So another question we threw out to our group, and this was the one that I got the least responses to, which was I found interesting, was what is the greatest gift that you feel you have being a person over 40. Right. And I was really surprised that I didn't get more responses to it. And I had, I kept going back and going, okay, did I put this one in all the places I did all the others? And, um, but then here's what's what happened that was really interesting. I mentioned it on a group call um, with a group of people that I work with, which most of the people are at the stage of just turning 40. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting to hear from these guys. So one of the things that one of them said, which I found really fascinating was the greatest gift I have, he had just turned 40, is the perspective to realize I have many more things I get to do in my life, not have to do. Right. I thought that was really cool. I love that. And it's just, it's such a simple mind shift, but it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that you didn't get that many because I have six pages. <laughs> oh. And I, I, that one really stumped me because I was like, okay, well, what, what is it? I don't know that guys are hiding it, but I do wonder at times if men don't know how to say, oh, this is something that I'm really good at. 
right. because there's an expectation that we're good at, you know, bringing home the bacon, so to speak, even though I hate that terminology in this day and age, but you know, we're being the breadwinners, we're leading the teams, we're, you know, climbing the ladder. So our greatest gifts are all this warrior energy sort of stuff. And yet to say my greatest gift is being a dad would be really hard. I think for a lot of guys to actually go, Oh yeah, I'm good at that too. Mm. So I think there's this almost inherent and I, I guess because I have a lot of female friends that they could answer this question really easily. My greatest gift is, and even though I think a lot of women feel like, okay, we're supposed to shut up and not <laughs> say stuff. Right. I think their greatest gifts are they intuitively see the beauty in themselves, even though sometimes they don't, but they can see it in themselves and other women in, uh, in things, whereas guys, I think they have a hard time opening that doorway. So I'm curious what some, I've got a couple more, but I'm curious what some of your crew said. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when I asked that question, what is the greatest gift of being over 40? It wasn't necessarily the great, like I got a lot of knowing myself, confidence, mm -hmm. being more particular about friendships that they foster or this particular yep. and who they spend time with. Um, feeling grace and gratitude. You know, it's a lot of, um, if I had to sum it up in one word, mm -hmm. it's finding peace, inner peace, mm -hmm. two words, mm -hmm. yep, yep, <laughs> inner yep. peace within themselves and who they are and what they have to offer and not um, feeling the need to be, to please and right. to, you know, fit some molds that maybe one at one point they used to. Mm-hmm. Which aligns with one of the responses I got, which was accepting that I'm just human. You know, yes. I, I just accept I'm human. Um, and then the next one I got was um, perspective, being yes. able to sit in, in perspective and see it. Um, and so, of course, since I got very few, I mean, I have a few more, but I thought, mm -hmm. okay, well, if I were going to answer this question, what would I say? And I feel like for me, the, the greatest gift I have is the acceptance of self just as I am. Yeah. Um, and I know that stems from my journey of coming out of the closet, but beyond that initial closet, when I decided to leave the corporate arena and start my own business and that accepting that you can do this and then going through the hard knocks of running my own business and doing my own thing, every step of the way, I continue to say to myself, just accept this is who you are, Rick. This is where you're supposed to be. And even now there are times when I've like, okay, I'm done. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do another podcast again. I'm not going to, but then I'm like, it's okay. Except that this is just where you are. And this is, you're learning something. You're here because you're learning something. And I tie that into, I think a better perspective that we gain um, as we get older, that you can see things from different angles and appreciate them without immediately either going defensive <laughs> or offensive and rolling over. So um, what else did your your yeah. ladies come up with? Well, I think just to, to piggyback on that, I think the idea that we are all good enough mm -hmm. and it doesn't directly correlate with how much we've accomplished. Yeah. You start to see it's not about like, oh, I've done this, this, and this, and my business and my, you know, even with my kids when they were younger, I was like, oh, well, did I, did I give them a well-balanced meal? And mm -hmm. did they do their homework to the best of their ability? And I used to be, listen, I'm an intense person. I, I got to admit it and be, be okay with that. Right. But I'm starting, I, I see the difference of sometimes if you're just sitting on the couch, having a conversation, not accomplishing anything. 
mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. that you can make with another human being. And I yeah. think I'm more committed to that mm-hmm. and being myself and not trying to hide who I am and be shameful. Yep. yep. There's so much more like you're just, just like you're saying acceptance, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of my um, community members said, she she talks about the truth about regret and her greatest regrets are relative to the risks she did not take than any risk she did take regardless of the result. I love this so much. Yep. Yep. Because you know, you may do something, you may take action and it may not work out the way you thought it would. Mm-hmm. And at least you did it. You know, that's interesting because of the other two responses I got, this one ties really well to what you just said. This one guy said, my, my greatest gift is my ability to now say, so what? Mm. I, I built this, I accomplished this, so what? <laughs> and he goes, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I, it's, it's my way of grounding my, and I, it was interesting because he, he and I were talking and I said, hey, do you have a minute for me to ask you some questions? And he goes, sure. And when he said that, I, I, at first I'm kind of like, okay, that's interesting. Then he elaborated and he said, I find that when I'm able to sit in my accomplishments and then say, so what? I either really embrace what a great thing I did and love myself because what I was able to accomplish or I shut the ego down and go, so what? (laughs) Kind of who gives a F, you know? And I thought that's a really interesting perspective because what he's basically doing is balancing out the two, like giving himself love and self-care and accolades. But then on the flip side, quelling the ego that can get really out of control. We're like, Oh, look at that. Look what we did. And so that, mm-hmm. so what is a really cool exercise. And of course I stole it from him and used it on a client. <laughs> Very next day, I'm like, well, so what? <laughs> and then so what? Um, yeah, no, it's great. And I, I do that all the time. I hear amazing things and then I'm like, Oh, I have to carry that. I mean, it's a gift. Yes, you it is you a learned gift. it. That's yeah. basically what everyone is doing is learning things. And then, you know, putting their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So. And I think that the other thing that you kind of already alluded to, which is kind of an overarch in all of this is being good enough. Now it's just yeah. good enough. Now it doesn't, it is, you are where you are. I hate the phrase. It is what it is, but it's good enough for now. And yeah, it could get better. You could do better. But what if, if we all accepted it's good enough now and then moved on? Right. I think it takes a lot of stress away. I know it takes a lot of anxiety away and um, yeah, so anything else yeah. good and juicy in that group there? Yeah, no, I think I think just a lot of um, prioritizing mm-hmm. self-care, prioritizing our own goals and dreams and desires and not putting everyone else first, which mm-hmm. was not the case, you know, previously. Right. And I, I think for those of us in this age bracket, um, <clears throat> so I'm definitely a baby boomer and I was raised in that arena of doing stuff for yourself, that's selfish. And I carried that. I still admittedly carry it from time to time. And then I'm like, it's a badge of honor, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yes, look what I did. I'm an obliger. I can take care of everybody, (laughs) but I can't take care of me. So, uh, (laughs) right. Like there's, there's a flaw. If you actually have a need that you want to take care of in yourself, that, Mm -hmm. um, there's something wrong with you and you are the selfish human Mm -hmm. being. And I think being a Gen Xer, yes, we are more like, you know what? I am taking care of all of this. I am badass, but mm-hmm. I'm going to actually take care of myself for once because yep. not only um, will that make your life better in the long run, because I deserve it. 
Right. You know, I think we're starting to take our power back that maybe boomers didn't have. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. And then, so it's so interesting because then both of us have the millennials in our lives. And I asked my daughters about some of this and they're like, well, what's wrong with taking care of yourself? And I said, well, nothing. They're like, okay, so are we done with this conversation? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, got it. And well, moving on. Yeah. I just remember when I was working in, you know, the TV world and I'd be looking to hire um, and you get some of the millennials and they are more than comfortable with like, hey, what are the hours? Because they're not mm-hmm. signing up for what we were willing to sign up for. I remember when I started working and it was like, you know, 60, 70, sometimes 80 hours a week. Yep. And, yep. It, you know, somebody, I used to joke that like, if you were, you know, that whole like, um, they ask you to jump how high or whatever. But like, I'm like, no one ever asked me to jump because I was already mid jump. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I was always trying to anticipate what their needs were. Mm-hmm. And it was like this badge of honor of like, hey, look at how hardworking I am. Mm-hmm. And it's great because it, it provided me, you know, a future. However, I think that millennials sort of have it, sort of have it together in a way that we didn't. Yep. That they're like, I'll work really hard for you, but I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. But of course, <clears throat> we are recording this the day after that Instagram came out and said that they are like changing the likes and everything. So I think a whole lot of millennials are now like, oh my God, what am I going to be doing? I, I, I don't know how to handle this. So therapy, get ready. You're going to probably get some good business. Uh, I'm just kidding. We've completely changed their existence. And we have. It's like, yes. oh my God, what do you mean? I can't tell how many likes I actually have. Although yeah. Did, so uh, we have I to get. Of course, went to my own Instagram like, is mine affected <laughs> <laughs> and mine was it was so affected? funny mine was not affected but it was so funny my husband's was and, and he kept talking about it. i'm like <laughs> why are you so worried about this you know but uh, it's no, easy it's, for you to say right yeah yeah but you know what here's something that and this wasn't something that somebody said but i think i'm going to add this one to one of the things i think for my greatest gifts is my ability to say no yes not feel guilty about it yes one woman did say um to be able to say no and not follow it up with all the reasons why, yep. but just to politely say no. Yep. yep. And you know, for 40 Thrive, we're all about November. Like this is, yes. this is our theme, Yep. Yep. <laughs> November. Exactly. And it's not like, so you can be an a-hole. It's so you can actually, you know, have self-preservation mm-hmm. and self-respect and, and self-care and saying those, no to those things that really are not serving your life. And it's so interesting because when you say no, it typically l- leads you into that excuse making space and which also leads you into that space of, okay, well, what if I say the wrong thing? And suddenly you're into the worry space, which is how Rick segues to the next question. Which, <laughs> what do you worry well about done. the most? Well done, Rick. Yeah, yeah. So, but what do you worry about the most? And I'm going to give my answer for this one right out the gate because I tend to be kind of a worry wart because that's kind of my blueprint for my family. Mm-hmm. What I worry about the most is worrying too much. Mm. And it's that's something I've really, cycle. it is. And I have really worked hard around that. And um, I would l- love to just see that disappear from my life. And ironically, three of the guys responded something very similar to that. Like I I worry that I worry too much and it's going to kill me. Wow. So did you ask the guys what they worry about too, that what they worry about or I what asked, women worry about? <clears throat> I asked them both questions because I wanted to kind of see where they were going. So when it was on the women's side, 
they felt like women worry too much about the glass ceiling. And I thought, okay, so immediately I get in this little like, okay, let me dissect who answered that. Is he straight or gay? And what's their privilege? And there were two guys that said that. And then I'm like, oh, I know why they said that. Tell me, uh, tell me, tell me. Well, because these guys happen to be high up in their organizations and they tend to have trophy wives. So that response I found pretty in alignment for them. Mm. Um, Another guy said that he felt like a woman worries too much about having given to everybody else, not herself. And I thought, okay, bingo, now we're on to something here. Yes. And I thought that was very insightful because I had a feeling that would possibly be what some of your women would say is I've given too much to somebody else. Yeah, I want to kind of hit the eject button on those other two guys who said <laughs> women were. Well, yeah, but that's why I was like, that kind of annoyed me. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm going <laughs> to. No, gonna be, but you, we've got to be the up. objective podcast host and share. And this is not fake news. And we won't go down <laughs> that path. But um, no. And so, but yeah, I, I agree. Eject, you're out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Well, I, I, it leads me to something that I say often in my regular life is that when someone is marginalized in one way, whether it's sexuality, the color of their skin, gender, yep. it is up to those who are not marginalized yes. to mm-hmm. do the work. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we cannot expect racism to stop because black people stand up for themselves. We as white people, it's our job to yes. stop racism, mm-hmm. to educate people, to you know, lay down the law to do whatever it is that we need to do. And so for, for men, specifically white men, I'm just making an assumption that may not be true. um, To say that women shouldn't worry about the glass ceiling is all fine and good. If they are willing to remove the glass ceiling. ceiling. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think it's really, um, I'm glad that you asked the question and that you shared that and that we can talk about things that maybe are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that's the only way that women are going to stop complaining mm-hmm. about it. If, mm-hmm. if you know, our middle-aged white men who are the CEOs of the companies are willing to get uncomfortable. I agree. I agree. And I think too often, I think that's where the Me Too movement has pushed some men into, oh yeah, I agree with it, but they're not going to do jack shit about it. Right. Because wait, wait, that infringes on me and where I am. And I have pushed that agenda very hard. Like if you're going to say you're supportive, kind of like if you're going to say you support me as a LGBTQ person in the community, mm, there's certain things that I'm going to hold you to that standard to help support. Right. And, um, you know, that's one of those things. And another guy said something that was really beautiful. He said, and this was what he felt that women worry too much about. He said, I feel like women worry too much about what other women think hmm. when they're beautiful just the way they are. I love him. Can we have I his name too. and email address? So I believe- <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and he's a very, he is a very, what I would call evolved man. And, and yeah. no, he wasn't gay. He's a straight friend of mine that I know pretty well. And um, he would actually say something like that in public too. Yeah. He, he's not, he's not the type that will hold back. He's not wrong. You know, I no. think, and I, I, I do think though, we're moving into a time where we're lifting each other up as mm-hmm. women and we're not, 
I, I'm not saying it's not out there in the world, but we're providing more space to lift each other up. Yep. So we don't have to worry about what other women think, but we can mm -hmm. be accepted by each other and celebrated. All right. And then the standard stuff came up like, oh, uh, you know, they worry too much about money, being abandoned, not finding their purpose. A couple of them came up with, um, you know, I worry about my children's future. Um, so those were kind of like I expected those kind of responses. Mm -hmm. um, fulfilling their mate's desire. That was something that came up a, a few times. Really? Uh, yeah. And I found that really interesting because and that came across the board. So when I was asking the guys, what do you think men struggle with, um, worry about the most, <clears throat> that came up across the board, gay or straight. And I right. thought, okay, cool, interesting. Um, and to see that men were actually willing to say that, that, right. was more, that was what more piqued my interest than the fact that they said it. I mean, I guess if I was going to say, <laughs> okay, you get the gold stars for... <laughs> <laughs> now what are you going to do about it? That depends on whether you get double gold stars, but um, right? yeah, it was interesting. You just get one. Yeah, exactly. You know, I got um, one of the most, so I asked the ladies what um, the men most worry about. Yep. And I got a lot of uh, erectile dysfunction. Yep. <laughs> a yep. lot. Yep. Um, ha uh, hair loss. Yep. Um, not feeling uh, physically the way they used to, you know, mm -hmm. whether they were athletic or losing virility, um, you know, there are a couple of flip jokes of like, men worry? What? Mm -hmm. No way. You know? Right, right. Yeah. And then one woman said, I think they start to worry about most of what we as women have been worrying about for years. They just won't admit they are also worried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know? I um, did have a couple of guys actually say, I think women worry about getting breast cancer. And both of them said, as they should. And everyone should be more aware of that. Hmm. And again, these were guys that I'm like, okay, <laughs> I wasn't surprised by that. Um, but I thought it was very conscientious that that was the thing that came to mind for them. I do know that one guy in particular has firsthand knowledge or firsthand experience with his spouse dealing with that. But um, again, it was something that was very genuine and very touching to me. Right. Yeah. I got a couple of um, responses that men would worry about their health and cancer, right. um, things like that. But a lot of um, retirement, financial, yep. you know, all of that, all of that stuff. And, and losing relevance. I am being relevant in the world. Um, and that came up on both when I was like, okay, wow, the women are saying this and the guys are saying this about each other. I thought this is interesting. We all worry about our relevance and where we fit in society. So, um, I don't because I know I'm fabulous and I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So one of her. my um, community members, my Thrivers said um, she asked her husband this question when she had read it uh -huh. and her husband said being forgotten. Mm -hmm. That was, mm -hmm. that was one of his biggest fears. Which is an interesting one because if that person was working with me, of course, then I'd get into coaching and go, well, forgotten now or forgotten in your legacy or you know, where does that start to fit in? And, um, so like you, I had a quick conversation with somebody at the gym the other day and, um, I knew we were doing the show and I said, okay, I'm just going to ask him one question. I said, what do you most worry about? And he said, I worry about when I will be forgotten after I'm gone. And I was like, wow, I never, I never thought that far ahead. <laughs> Not that I'm going to care because I'm gone, but and I said, why do you worry about that so much? And he said, because 
I just want to make sure I did enough to at least be remembered for a little while. Wow. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you just took me to church. Thank you very much. Well, I think it's beautiful. It's sad. It's honest and raw. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of my commitments is to live a life where it's not so easy to forget me, <laughs> good or bad. You know, yep. I, I just want to leave a legacy um, where somebody, when, when someone describes me when I'm gone and says, she lived, she really yeah. Yeah. lived. Mm-hmm. And, and this came really, I, I, I'm hesitant. Now I'm going to go here. This came really alive for me this past summer because I had a stroke. And it didn't bug me at first. It was like, oh, okay, this happened, you know, whatever. And then about a week later, I got a message from one of my daughter's friend's parents, which we were, we're friends with. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I heard you had a little visitor last Sunday night. How you doing? How you feeling? And I'm like, oh, okay. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized, wait, (laughs) while it was a minor stroke, and yes, I had some small complications beyond it, this really hit my kids. And why am I not worrying about this from their perspective? Why am I not seeing it? And that was the first time I started actually like, I can't say full on worry, but it put it in a new perspective for me to like, okay, what should really be important now? And I don't think it was worry, but it was what should be important. Right. And one of the things it did, so I've already admitted I I can worry and then, you know, go down the rabbit hole. It's one of the things that taught me not to worry so much. Mm. It taught me even more to just be like, hey, let's just be here. Let's be in the present. Let's not look too far ahead. Let's enjoy life. Let's know that any moment and not that I would advocate everybody go have a stroke. So you can, you can see the light, but please, um, please don't. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting to think about this question from a slightly different pivot of whatever you worry about the most, is it worth the investment of time? Right. What else could you be doing? If you weren't worrying about that thing, what else could you be doing? You could be doing that thing that most would make that thing really amazing and important and whatever. One guy said to me, you know, the worry about his son's future. And I said, great. So what would you do about that to do the best you can for your son's future? And then he went off on this whole tangent about everything he is doing. But um, I thought it was an interesting question to like reframe and put it back. Well, if you weren't worrying about that thing the most, what would you be doing? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're okay, first of all. Me too. (laughs) And secondly, I think for women, or at least many women, I don't want to speak, certainly not the representative of all women over 40, Mm -hmm. but something like that would remind them that's taking care of themselves. Yep. Like, unfortunately, we're not just like, oh, I'm going to take care of myself because I want to live a long and healthy life. Like, sure, there are a few people who do that. But taking care of ourselves and our health and our nutrition, our exercise, movement mm-hmm. is the, the best thing we can do for our own quality of life, but also for those who love us. Yep. Yep. And so thinking about your two kids and knowing mm-hmm. that, 
as women were like, oh, I can actually wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go to the gym and let the kids get themselves ready for school because I'm making this commitment to them. Like we always need to have that extra layer. You know, that's why I, I can't stand that whole, like put your own mask on. Yeah. And so you can give it to other people, you know, the oxygen mask, yeah. because all it's saying is like, don't die while you're helping people. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's not exactly. saying we want you to live and you're a priority. It's saying mm -hmm. like, make sure that you're, you know, you're well enough that you can continue to serve everyone else around you. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I just, it's interesting how your perspective on what happened in your health versus like what a woman would get from it. You know, it's interesting because I wasn't so concerned about what happened because it actually was, it was an ocular, it was an ocular stroke. So that means there's something that got into my eye that caused me to lose my vision. And they were all kind of puzzled because throughout the next 48 hours that I was in the hospital, like, Oh God, this guy's heart's working. <laughs> His blood pressure is great. Now he's getting up and he's peeing, you know, and none of the normal stuff was happening, but it makes you realize that one little tiny thing and it's still there. I mean, I, it's still in my eye. I mm -hmm. see fine, mm -hmm. but I have to go in and do these checkups constantly now because they're wanting to make sure that, you know, if this thing moves, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. And so that's always kind of a thing there, but I won't, I won't sit and worry about this. But the beautiful thing of that whole experience is not only did it, not only did it teach me that life is precious, which I already knew, but what it taught me was to help other people let go of shit. <laughs> Quite honestly, right. I, I, I have let go of so much stuff that used to bug me. And I guess that would kind of fall back into the, you know, one of the greatest gifts is letting go, just let go yes. and trust it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's an interesting experience. Trust me. There's nothing like being, you know, I walked into the hospital, got in there. Hey, I think, you know, something's really weird. And of course, you know, you mean, like, hmm, you know, <laughs> they know better than I do. Right. And I had already done, you know, Dr. Rick, Google MD, figuring this out before I got up there. Right. <laughs> um, so I kind of knew probably what it was. And honestly, Jackie, the scariest piece out of that whole experience was the first 15 minutes. Because, man, there is nothing like 20 people surrounding you oh, yeah. and slapped onto you. You know, it was so busy that they took blood. I don't even remember them taking blood. And I was lucid. I mean, my husband was just on the other side of the curtain. Mm -hmm. I was lucid enough that I'm like, when the heck did they take the blood? <laughs> I yeah, have no idea. There are specific codes when yeah, they yeah, think yeah. they're having a stroke yeah, yeah, yeah. because they have X amount of minutes yes. to actually yep. get you what you need. Yep before yeah. there's any damage. Yeah. So I, I, so I've been through a similar, I did not have a stroke, but I went through a similar experience where they were concerned and it yeah. was amazing. And then once they determined I wasn't, they just all disappeared. Yeah. It's like, okay, we can go on a smoke break now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I, my goal for this episode, not only do I think you're amazing and I love connecting with you, but oh, if right we can you. open, thank you. If we can open up the conversation between men and women mm -hmm. about aging and leave the assumptions at the door yep. and just listen to each other and understand and just be empathetic. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to like, well, I, you know, compare notes and mm -hmm. um, sort of like, but you don't have it this way and I, you don't have it this way, but like just open up the communication to understand each other. Yep. I think the power of all of us being in midlife and beyond. Yes. 
is would be unstoppable. I agree. And to see that we're so much more, I mean, I hate to sound, do say the trite thing. We are so much more alike than different. The experiences yeah. we're going through are so similar. Yes, they're coming from different perspectives because we're all different human beings. And yes, male versus female. But when I started seeing some of these responses, I'm like, mm-hmm, I bet Jackie's getting something pretty dang similar <laughs> on her side of the fence. Because we are so much more alike than different. And, um, and I love that we got to do this and share each other and, and put this out in a way that says, see, we can, we can do this sort of stuff together. And we can bring people to that forefront of, hey, being open, vulnerable, being honest isn't as scary as we all think it is. So. Right. And I think if we create our separate safe spaces for men and women, they can then come back together in the workplace, in the bedroom, in the yep. kitchen, you know, in, in the community in a way that's just more understanding and caring. Of course, this is probably where we should disclose to him that this has all been hypnotic. So really what Jackie and I are doing is as you listen to this, there's, you're going to be called to a room somewhere on the planet. So <laughs> we're where kidding. We're kidding. Where you'll write us a big check. Yes, you'll write us a big check and your life will be changed forever. So if you start just following a light someday, that's you're headed to Rick and Jackie's space. So, and again, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Oh, we uh, need to now we need to have a Rick and Jackie conference. You yeah, know? there you go. I mean, there of course go. it'll be called Jackie and Rick, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, you know, ours after Jay, so I get that whole thing. Oh but, my gosh. Thank you so much. I had a blast with you, Rick. Me too, me too. And I can't wait for us to share this with both of our groups. Mine is 40 plus real man, real talk. And Jackie's is 40 thrive. And we are so glad to have done this. And I, I have a feeling Jackie and I probably will do something like this again in the future because, well, we like each other and we had fun. So definitely. And make sure that you, you know, DM us on, on uh, Instagram or talk to us in our communities because we'd love to get feedback and to know how we can serve you and our communities better. Thanks, Rick. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus real men, real talk where the conversations continue.